You are listening to the Geeks Radio Internet Radio Network at geeksradio.com, home of Trek Off, the Not Safe for Work Star Trek podcast, Pop Off, where we geek out on comics, movies, and TV shows that are the superstars of geek culture, Podcast Who, the Doctor Who podcast with Phil Stamper, Ninjas vs. You, the official podcast of the Ninjas vs. Trilogy, and Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood, two regular guys trying to make it in Tinseltown. All of this is available for you for free by going to geeksradio.com or searching Geeks Radio on iTunes. Geeks Radio is a presentation of Endlight Entertainment. Warning, the episode you're about to listen to may include plot spoilers and naughty language, so listener discretion is advised. It's time for Trek Off! Benedict Cumberballs! Hello, this is Justin's dad. Everything he's ever said is absolute truth. <laughs> All right. Uh, do, do I have your consent to put that on the air? Um, you have my dissent to put that on the air. Bye. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. And today we are talk- <laughs> <are> talking <laughs> about the Romulans. Something I know a little something about. But first, hey, did you not watch Doctor Who? I told you that I did not. That um, I was that I almost got caught up because I was seeing Ender's Game in the theater that I was at. They had like a poster saying that they were doing like an actual like in 3D big screen for the 50th anniversary or whatever it was. I was like, oh, that's so cool! I totally wanted to do that. And then I was like, fuck, it's like a few days away. There's not a chance. <laughs> See, so. I, I saw that too, and I thought about doing it. And I was like, yeah, but I could watch it in my bed for free. So no, um, I know, but think about yeah. think about it though. It'd be awesome to have seen it like all big screenified and be with like fellow Hoovians. Well, I will say ridiculous. Being, <laughs> being with fellow Hoovians, absolutely, I agree with. But having seen it, it's still clearly a TV budget. It's still it's a TV show. And I, I mean, it's may- good. It's a good budgeted TV show, though. I would sure, say. Like, I feel sure. like it looks. Pretty damn fine. It does, but I don't know how much it would have been enhanced by the big screen experience. I'm just not sure that that you know, having seen it, that I mean, it wasn't. That there were cool scenes, and I, of course, will spoil nothing for you. There are cool scenes, but there's right, nothing. We'll see. <laughs> there's there's nothing that screams must be seen in 3D. It's it, it's. I mean, I'm sure that's true. Like, it doesn't occur to me as something like that you would need to see on a big screen or 3D or whatever. But it'd be fun to, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, because I, I know we didn't get to see Ender's Game in 3D because it was gone. There was no more 3D left. I know. Well, here's the funny thing. I've skipped Ender's Game. You know, we, we are recording at the time. Hopefully, I'll get this posted by Thanksgiving. Um, at the time recording this, is two days before Thanksgiving, and, and my family's, my dad is coming for Thanksgiving, and when I was, like, 20, I forced everybody I know to read Ender's Game. I was like, you must read <laughs> Ender's Game. And my dad actually read it, and so he was like, well, the movie's out. Let's watch it. And I was like, cool, we'll do that. And it's in theaters, like, until the day here, like, before he arrives. And then Disney's Frozen opens and kills Ender's Game. Yeah, so, I'm not surprised. Like, I'm really... So, basically, we've been looking at How was at Ender's stuff. Game? How, how was Ender's Game? It wasn't, it wasn't good. Why? Like, I mean, here's the thing that I find frustrating about it. Um, they can do... They felt like, hey, you know what? We can take two movies to do Breaking Dawn. 
Yeah, oh boy. But we couldn't do two movies for Ender's Game, really. Like, I realize that there's, like, a lot of information, and I get that. But, like, because of that, they have oversimplified it so much that it's missing, like, a lot. Like, and stuff that isn't even, like, I kind of expected to not have any of the sort of political Peter and, you know, Valentine stuff going down, like, happening. That doesn't necessarily lend itself really well to a movie. Right. I can, so I, I fully expected that stuff to not be there, right? Like, I expected to not have the Earth stuff. Yeah. But that having been said, the way they just speed through, like, and they introduce Bean, like, right away, um, and, like, the, there's, like, a, one thing that stuck out that I feel like would have, like, I feel like it's so rushed that it would have occurred to me even if I didn't have the book. To go like it wasn't like a well the book was better it was more like a, I would if I had been seeing this without the context of the book I would have been like what like because there's like a moment when um uh, his first I guess sort of commanding officer um when he's in when he like first arrives as Alanchi like winds up saluting him like later on but like he's earned that distinction. Like, it's mm. obviously made to be a big moment in the movie, but, like, I see nothing to back it up. And, and like, it know, literally I, feels like one scene, the guy's like, who the hell do you think you are, Lodgy? Yada, yada, yada. And then, like, two scenes later, he and then he's like, one day you will be saluting to me. And he's like, yeah, whatever, man. And then, like, two scenes later, the guy is, like, saluting him, and there's, like, the music, and you're supposed to feel emotional about it. And I'm like, but but Why? You know that's and that's that's a sort of review that might would might keep. I mean, it's nothing's going to keep me away. I'm going to see. No, it won't. Keep, um, and but be prepared to be really upset because they're going to they try to romanticize his relationship with Petra. Which no, was, Petra's with Bean. I know. Oh, that bums me out. It they, it really really made me mad. Like it was to the point where I like there's like I a, don't like, mind towards, it. Like no spoilers, but like towards the end, like there's like a, they're having like a moment. And it like looks like they might kiss, and I'm just like, please don't let them kiss. Please, God, all I ask is that you don't have yeah. them kiss. That's all I want. <laughs> like do at this kiss? point, I'll take do, that. Do they kiss? Do you want to know? Yeah, I do want to know. No, they don't. Good. So Good. I was thinking you know, that, but yeah, here's the thing: is I I have always been a person like you and I have talked about other books, like the Harry Potter books and other things that have been translated and people going, Oh, I don't like this because it wasn't like the book or even the Mandarin and Iron Man three going, it's not like the comics. And, and, and I get that, but there I've got a real, and maybe this is maybe more for the Mandarin than almost anything that this is also true of. Um, I took a lot of time, as much time investing in Bean as I did investing in Ender and mm-hmm. that story and the Bean, uh, Petra story, and so to have that shad on would really bother me. But yeah, more, they, than, more than like they didn't put Weasley as our king, and and like like I can deal without that. But the yeah, and I expected there to be like differences, but I feel like what they much. did, yeah, like far. was just too far because I feel like they felt the need. Like first of all, I liked the fact that that it was because of what the story is, like. That's not the point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I feel like that's such a fucking... It, I mean, it really offends me kind of as a woman because it's like, let's just reduce Petra to a love interest. You know sure. what I mean? Like, because that's what women do in movies, right? Like, that's what we're good for. That's what we use girls for. And it's like, no. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
That Our was zero viewers are really offended right now. I know, right? When you read the book, you know, that's what's cool about it because you here you have this female character. There's, like, no... There's none of this lovey-dovey stuff going on. Like, she's just cool. And she, like, recognizes that he needs some help and, like, is awesome and, like, shows him some moves and helps him out. And, like, they, they're friends, but that's it, you know? Yeah. And I think part of the problem, too, is that, like, you take... They're supposed to be, like, six... But like in the movie, they're like teenagers. I didn't. I heard that they aged them up. I didn't mind that they were aged up. I didn't mind that they were aged up. That part didn't bother me. But the, like, I heard that even so, the acting from the kids is not super. It's not. It's it's not. It's uneven. Um, I will say this: that the the one moment in the movie that does still sell. I've heard the battle room is great. I've heard that seeing that visualized is really good. Yeah, seeing that visualized is cool, um, but I think the, the emotionally, right, because that's the way I, I think about these things, like, did sure. it make me feel what the book made me feel? And the the one time is that moment of horror when he realizes the truth. Wow. Um, that I feel like that moment was intact. I feel like the actor pulled it off. Okay. That moment anyway. So, well, that, I mean, then, that's they, the most then they turn around and fuck it up, but like, <laughs> but like it was going good for a, a hot second there where it was like, okay, well, at least that was the same emotional impact I expected. But I would really think, like, that's such an emotionally impactive idea that, like, you'd really have to f- try hard to fuck it up. You know what I mean? Well, speaking like, of things with no emotional impact, um, I saw Thor 2. Um, so that's why I, did, I didn't see it yet because we had three movies we wanted to see. We wanted to yeah. see Gravity. Which and we wanted did. to see and Ender's Game, and you've we seen wanted Gravity, to see it. and I haven't. We've you've seen Ender's Game, and then I've seen Thor, and you haven't. Yeah, but so that's why <laughs> Thor had come out the latest, which is why we haven't seen it yet. Because it was like, okay, that just came out. We're gonna lose Ender. I think Ender's Game is going out before Gravity, if yeah, that says Thor's anything. Gonna, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Gravity's got legs, and Thor's gonna be around a while. Well, look, let me say this. Um, I give Thor my recommend. My most, yeah. my most. Uh, you know what? Thor, go see it on a matinee. Don't see it in 3D. Um, really? Let me, well, th- let me tell you some things I heard about behind the scenes of the making of Thor. The director who was making Thor did not realize they were doing a post-conversion to 3D until he was halfway done shooting. And he did not want to be doing 3D, and so he said, well, I'm just not going to shoot any different. Um, uh, the people I know who've seen Thor in 3D and the podcast I've listened to when people saw Thor in 3D and then saw it in 2D said the only difference is that in 3D you can't see as well. Um, that there's nothing about the movie that, that lends itself to being 3D. It's a bad post-convert on a movie that was never meant to be 3D. So really? I saw it in 2D and I didn't feel like there were... Mo- like I, saw, I just saw Despicable Me 2 in 2D. And when I saw that, I was like, I got, I, I could go, oh, this would have been great in 3D, and that would have been great in 3D because it's coming out at you. Um, right. <laughs> but there's, um, but there's nothing like that in Thor. I don't, don't spend the money. It's not. It was never intended to be 3D. It's a studio choice as a cash grab. Um, that being said, um, it's fine. It's fine. Middle of the road. Really? Um, I mean, I just, I heard, I know that, I know that. Um, that it's got a lot of Loki in it, and I know that he and he's is. Got, well, no, well, he's I, phenomenal. I, like as an act, like his level of commitment. Like in Avengers, that yeah. fucking moment when he's like, "How will they be able to do whatever when they're busy fighting you?" Like his commitment to that moment is what sells it. Like and then it's just like, ting. <laughs> and I and, and it's like what what like because it's so menacing and and typical 
you know, bad guy, and you're like, on levels of Loki, there's more Loki than Avengers, less Loki than Thor. Um, so that like there's there's he he is the best thing about the film. He, I love he, him. And you know what? Chris Hemsworth is fine. The movie's fine. Oh no, I adore Chris Hemsworth. To be clearly, it's he fine. Is, it's, it's he is fine. a perfect Thor. Like he it, is it, attractive and charming, and not like when he does stuff that like could be seen as like sort of yeah. beastly. Like he does it in such a way that you're just like he's just good natured about it. Like he doesn't. There's no hate or or anything bad in there. So like he can pull that my, off. Some of the things I liked about Thor are not in this one, and some things I felt were lacking in Thor are in this one. So I'd say it's about as good as Thor for different reasons. So if you liked Thor... Okay. I did. Know, it, it, I didn't love Thor. I liked it. And this is... this is Look, it's better than Iron Man 1. It's better than Iron Man 2. It's better than Iron Man 3. It's um, not as good as Captain America, The Avengers, or um, Iron Man 1. Okay. It's about as good as Thor. So oh. you, ha- but you, but you haven't seen Gravity. I haven't seen Gravity. No, I've I've heard it's astounding. I've heard see it, see it in 3D. Oh my gosh. Dude, um. Seriously. And and Oscars will happen. And... I mean, especially the thing is, is for me, I mean, and especially since here we are, you know, talk like Star Trek, like we're obviously very into being sure. in space. Yeah. And. Oh my gosh. Like there were a couple of times. Remember in uh, in Star Trek when uh, in the reboot when he when Bones he's like space is just darkness and death wrapped up or yeah some, what is darkness and coal wrapped up in death or something like that and it's really it's funny right and like there were several moments during Gravity where I had that thought where like that line popped in my head wow because it's like yeah man fucking shit is scary yeah <laughs> like I'm usually all you know. Enchanted, if you will, right? With space. With space. And I was, I mean, I almost had a panic attack watching it. It was terrifying. Well, like, good. I, you know, Alfonso Cuaron, who, uh, who directed it, did Harry Potter 3. And, okay, that's why I was like, I recognize that name. I'm like, why do I recognize that name? Well, I was like, I think it was a Harry Potter movie. And, I'm, and I've been pretty public about the fact that I'm not a super fan of Harry Potter 1 or 2. Um, I know you have. Um, and I feel like one thing that he manages that Chris Columbus did not manage in the first two is he manages angst and fear and humor and emotion and incredible visuals and special effects and and really does it deftly without it seeming bloated. And if he does the same for gravity, then that excites me. Yeah, I mean, to be clear, they're like, here's me being all geeky, right? There are like moments where I'm just like, see, now the physics there is clearly broken, because <laughs> that's not what would happen. Like, why not just if you started moving the other way? What once that happened, then is it his? You know, inertia would actually take him back the other way, and then we wouldn't be in this fucking predicament. So Wait a like, it's, and and so it's is, is it's George Clooney and 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 Sandra Bullock, right? Yes, but mostly it's just Sandra Bullock, honestly. So, is the entire movie? Essentially, that scene from Wally, where Wally is pushing himself around through space with the fire extinguisher. No, but there is a scene of that. There's that. So there's um, way way back. Uh, one of the first science fiction novels I ever read was uh, an old '60s character that was resurrected in the '80s called Tom Swift, 
and there was uh, one of the novels that I read of his. He is in space, and it's I'll never forget it because it, it really captivated me. He's in space um, with oxygen running out. He has plenty of it's not running out. There's plenty of oxygen in his suit, mm-hmm. but he's stranded, and the only way he can propel himself is to use the oxygen in his suit to sort of little juts of oxygen out. But as he does that, he runs out of more and more and more oxygen uh, to replace his suit, and that's how he has to propel himself. And every time I see things like that Wally scene or the scene from Gravity, I'm reminded of that, of Tom Swift. Hmm. I have never heard... I, I would love to read this story. It sounds interesting. It's young adult. Um, it's... I mean, look it up. It's pretty cool. Um, so anyway, hey... Um, I thought, uh, oh, one last thing. Uh, um, I always talk about podcasts that I listen to and other podcasts because, you know, when you're done listening to us, go listen to them and tell them that they should talk to us. It's worked twice so far. <laughs> um, uh, as uh, This will probably be up even before that, but last week we had on uh, the Delta Quadrants, Matt, who we hope to have back again, who was awesome. Yeah, super um, fun. And uh, and I was over there, and then we had uh, our little run-in with John, John and Jr. But Jr. watches Star Trek for the first time. Well, I rediscovered the uh, podcast that got me into podcasting, or got me into listening to podcasts, and that's an old one called Make It So. Um, on uh, it was on a podcast network called Simply Syndicated that they actually took it off, and then uh, having fun with that mic there. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Uh, Sorry about that. My um, bad. My bad. I'm like trying to because posi- you're always giving me shit about yeah. like not talking into it. So like I'm trying to position it like discreet like yeah. while, while you're speaking. And it's yeah. And, and instead, it sounds like a, it sounds like a fork dragging across a frying pan. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. But um, but I rediscovered this uh this podcast. They they've started only offering it paid, and I you know I paid for it. Um, uh, and it's been fun. It's just like it used to be. It's you know, it's about like ours, uh, and I enjoy it. But they started talking about Romulans, and I started getting all pissy while I was listening, going, "You're you, that's not the fucking Romulans, blah blah blah." And so I, I said, "You know who should talk about the Romulans is us, because <laughs> I got some shit to say." Wow. <laughs> about okay. the Romulans. Um, but uh, is this because you played one that you have like a weird Romulan I, issue? I would, I would say that there are, and I'm going to make a bold statement here. Here's my bold statement. Okay. I would say there are probably, there may be no one else on the planet Earth who spent as much time playing a Romulan as me. Wow, that that's pretty bold indeed. What about that? I am the only person I know who did three years as a Romulan. Maybe someone at the experience. Maybe, I don't know if they, but they didn't have Romulans there like that often. So I mean, I would I would venture to say that that the people we saw as Romulans they popped in and out. I mean, who's the one Romulan you can name? What Tomalak? And he did what like three episodes. You know, I would venture to say I would challenge anyone to find someone who's played a Romulan more than me on the planet Earth. I can't think of a situation where somebody would, right? Can you? I I, I don't know. Which would make me the foremost authority on Romulans. On Romulans. On Romulans. <laughs> that might be pushing it. Yes, I, maybe the people who wrote and produced the show would have something to say yeah. about that. They might, they might disagree that you know more. Just a thought, but yeah, no, they, they probably would. <laughs> um, 
So, um, so I was thinking that we could talk about uh, the good old Romulans today. And in preparation for that, I did something you'd be proud of me. Um, I watched an original series episode, which I never ever do. Ooh. Um, I watched. Never do. What the fuck is wrong with you? Well, you know, and I, I (laughs) agree. Now that I'm into my, you know, I'm almost done with my Voyager rewatch, and uh, I will say that watching. Last couple times I watched the original series, I got very bored and I wasn't into it. But today I watched Balance of Terror, and I was fucking into it. It's that so is, good, right? That it's is an amazing, excellent. That is an amazing piece of television, right? It's just phenomenal. Like so, because you'd said you were gonna watch it, like I'd started, like I've seen it more recently than you had, and I was like, I'll pop it on for a little bit before we get on a phone. Um, and so I got, I guess, I'm about halfway through it. Um, in fact, well, I probably should have uh, turned the Xbox One off because if I say Xbox One too loud, it'll like start playing it or if I just badly. Hold on, hold on. Pause. What? You got an Xbox One? Yeah. Can we pause the Romulan conversation and and I, <laughs> how is it, man? Um, yeah. Upsetting. Is it that good? Oh, really? Yeah, like. Honestly, the PS4 as well, like the both of them, with their you fucking. You have both of them. Yeah, we're those people. Okay. Um. So. The the thing is, the menus are like so. Like you know how shit is like intuitive now. Yeah. Like if you've never even picked it up before, like you could just pick it up and be like, oh, I, I bet this is where I go for this, and this yeah. is where I go for that. Like and and even back in like the Xbox. 360 days when the Kinect came out and there was like the voice you could like talk to it and you could you know ask it to do shit like it was intuitive it was like hey if you see it on the screen if you say that shit that's what it does right yeah yeah that's not true anymore how so like it's not it's not intuitive like the the menus are hard to navigate like they don't make any sense it's not laid out in an easy to find like way and, like, I used to have the ability on the 360, I mean, used to have, I still have a 360, but, like, on the 360, I would, like, be able to stream stuff from my computer, even though it's an Apple, to my 360 by yeah. going, like, you know, into the video section. Now, the only way you can access any video is if you download the, vi- the Xbox video app, and right. good luck... Try like unless you have a like if you have a Microsoft product maybe you won't have a problem I don't know because I don't have a PC but I do know that I can't find my computer with it like and I used to be able to so like it really pisses me off and it's like if I search for something it won't search my stuff it'll search the store right and it's just like fuck you (laughs) and then like so I I was on the phone with my sisters the reason I said what I said is because I was on the phone with my sisters the other day. Like, just chatting. Like, they call while we're in the middle of watching, I think, Wolverine and the X-Men or My Little Pony something. So we're, like, watching TV. And they call, so we pause it. And I'm chatting with my sister. And you know me, I'm Greek. So (laughs) I am rather liberal with the hand gestures. (laughs) So I'm talking on the phone, not thinking anything of it, gesticulating wildly with my hands. And all of a sudden, a little hand thing comes up on the screen, and it starts playing the show. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And then I'm like screaming like, Xbox, Xbox, stop. Like, and it won't stop and it won't listen to me. And my sister's like, what's going on over there? And I'm like, I can't get it to stop. I'm like, where's the fucking controller? And like, we couldn't find the controller. And I'm like, why won't it stop? So I'm like trying to wave my hands at it. Here's me like madly, like 
doing stop in the name of love at my screen, like, like with emphasis, like trying to get it to shut off, like to pause the program, and it won't. None of it works. Like we finally, finally, finally so the controller. The, the only reason that I would want to get it is because it, like, the way that when they demoed it, it like, like, oh, this might work like better than the 360 with the Connect. It's the only reason I would want to get it. It doesn't. <laughs> Does oh, no, so the voice recognition? Because like, right now no. the voice recognition <laughs> connect is just like, like it's like I, I'm like I, I'm like Xbox pause. It's like fuck you. I am. And <laughs> yes, it, it's it's still like that. That's what really? I'm saying. Like, and it's supposed to not be like, and so you feel like an idiot. Like because I don't know. Like because here's me. Oh, like man. today though, for funsies, I was going up into the bed and I was like, I'll just see if it works. So like I said, I'm not gonna say it very loud. But I was like Xbox One on. <laughs> like and it actually turned on and I was like. Cool. Um, yeah. But like that—that's the rarity and the exception. I feel like um, now, as annoying as it is, and as frustrating as that has been, and the fact that both of them don't really have a lot of games going on, which so, I find yeah, frustrating. So, yeah, I, well, I'll um, ask you in a second. But yeah, go on. I will say this: that we got Forza, or I'm sorry, Forza. You have to say it right. Um, Forza, you have to. Um, that we got that for it, and that is a really fun game. Like, we have enjoyed playing that game, so we've played it a lot. And so as a result, and this is what sort of sucks, because, like, the PS4 actually has given us a lot less aggravation than the Xbox has. Hmm. But, like, because, like, the controller as well has, like, it just, like, will periodically just, like, drop out for no reason. Like, it'll nice. just unconnect and then be, like, um, to reconnect, press A. Like, it'll be, like, what, what, why did you unconnect? Can I be, like, the, first, I, can I be the first to say that n the... We have not had a stable system since the PlayStation 2. Like the PlayStation 2, you plugged it in. It was a DVD player. <laughs> it, uh, it can I tell you something? I am on my fourth Xbox 360. Um, wow. Uh, the first two that I had, I, I have two. Uh, the 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 first, sorry, the, the telephone calls. Both of us have gotten telephone calls during this podcast. We're too popular. Um, Sixteen-year-old me feels very, very cool. <laughs> uh, um, but like, like the first two I had, I got replaced because the DVD players in them, the the drives, they didn't work anymore. They stopped working. I got them replaced with new ones. They stopped working. And right now, yeah. I got two Xbox 360s that I can only stream things that I I can't play. I actually have a, a second DVD player hooked up if I if I want to watch DVDs. Yeah, and no, I know. We basically, we did the same, like, I think we lost one Xbox in that way, and then we were just like, we just need to not yeah. ever put DVDs in there. But my PlayStation 2 still plays DVDs. I believe it's it. it's 12 years old. Yeah. But I don't get it. But, like, at least, but I will say at least this, like, the 360, aside from that, like, I never really had trouble with the, you know, controller communicating, whereas with the PS3, every once in a while, it would just, like, stop working. All and, right. like, in the middle of a game, you'd be like, what the fuck? Like, it wouldn't pause or anything. it just stopped connecting. Oh, and that like, ha that's, happened, that's happened to my son a little bit, playing Lego Harry Potter. He'll be in the middle of something, and it'll just freeze, and he'll lose his progress. Oh. It's sucking. Killer. But this is more, this is more annoying, because I don't see a reason for it, and it's supposed to be, like, the next step up, right? So, yeah. what the fuck? Like, if my 360 controller never had a problem, why are we having this problem? I don't What's, understand. Uh, if, if you had to side but, by side, if you had to do the fucking pep Pepsi challenge on the two, right? Well, so that's the thing. Like, it's I feel like I can't be fair because I know that the PS4 has been more stable. Like, we haven't had any issues with it functioning, which is not true of the Xbox. 
but because of the only exclusives that they have for the PS4 right now is like, what is that? Fucking Killzone or whatever, which is just not a game I'm into. Yeah, like, but they're gonna have Kingdom's Heart, King, Kingdom Hearts three, and that's. The I one know game. they will have good games, but they don't yet. They don't yeah. have exclusives yet that can compete, and so as a result, even though the Xbox is way more frustrating, mm-hmm. we're playing it more because Forza is really good. Like, and we get to, and here was me, of course, because we 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 booted it up for the first time, and we have to pick our first car, and like. I had already resigned myself long ago. I was like, never in a video game will they have my car. Because the 1993 240SX is like the best car ever. Ever. But I was is like, it but it's it? just... it's. Does it have it? And so I was like, no, it won't. I was like, it won't have that. None of them have that anymore. So I was like, I let go of that. I was like, okay, we'll, we'll pick a car together. And, and we actually had been to a car show when, back when Mr. A was working... Um, insurance for like a hot second we went to like a car show where he was working the booth there and then we like had a chance to walk around and stuff and we ran into the Subaru BRZ which is totally a cute car and we were like oh I want one we should get this car and we're like yeah, we can't buy this car but like at the same time we were just like we enjoyed it so when we're looking at Ford and we're like going to pick out a car one of the first cars you can get is the Subaru BRZ we're like yay that's what we'll get like so it was <laughs> cool we didn't have to worry there was no discussion or fighting about what we get and then a few days later, after we played for a while, and of course we had to have some assists on because the shit is fucking ridiculous hard when you first play it. Like you just go off the road because it's more of a simulation. But like it's beautiful, like stunningly beautiful. Like real. Yeah, like really right. fucking close. And some of the still shots, like you're like, is that a photograph? That could be a photograph. Um, and then so it was actually us day because we have like two days a month that are us days, never mind. Anyway, was us day, and he had gone to the, sh- to the store to do some shopping, and I decided to look at the other cars you could buy. And I'm looking through them, and I'm looking through them, and I'm like, ooh, Chevy. Because he has, like, his favorite is the, the 67 or 68 Camaro. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, ooh, maybe they have his car. How cool would that be? We totally have money. I'd buy it for him and stuff. And sadly, they did not, but they had the 69, which is super close. And I knew he would love it anyway. So, like, I bought it That's for him. That's my favorite <laughs> number. Nice. Of course it is. So, I was like, yay. So, when he came home, I was like, I have a surprise for you. Like, don't get too excited, though, because it's not your favorite, but it's pretty close. And so, like, I showed him how I bought the car. I was like, I blew all of our money on it. <laughs> and he was like, oh, that's so sweet. Thank you, baby. I was like, oh, no problem, baby. I love you. <laughs> and then we're looking through the cars later. Just to see, because I basically I stopped looking through the cars when I found his car, like and I bought it for him because I blew all the money on it. And then we kept looking, and we get to Nissan, and lo and behold, they have my fucking car, dude. They have the '93 240 SX because it's the best car in the world. And like now we're like, he's like, I'm like, wait, do we have enough money to buy it though? And then like we like literally had like I think within maybe five bucks or credits or whatever they call it in the game enough to buy it. And he was like buy that shit. And I was like, yes! And then I got to like, rainbow dash it up. It was so cool. Because we were, we were feeling all sad when My Little Pony ended. So like, I spent like, eight hours, a ridiculous amount of time, creating Rainbow Dash's cutie mark. With like, they didn't really have the tools to make what I needed. Like, they kind of had a lightning bolt. And that's about it. But I had to like, use like, little ra- like random shapes I was actually very artistic on my part. I was pretty proud of myself. I was like, that that looks pretty fucking close, and I'm not really artsy, and I didn't really have a lot at my disposal. So fucking hell yeah. I'll take that to the bank any day. <laughs> <laughs> I was super proud of myself. <laughs> Which reminds me of Romulans. 
Because... In a lot of ways, because Rainbow Dash is very determined, and so are they. So, Balance of Terror. I, I got... Um, I What stunned me is it reminded me so much of The Hunt for Red October. You or... said it the last time we talked about this episode, like when I had just watched it, and I was like, oh my god, it's so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, that or um, or U-571 or one of those. Just like these, like these two submarines, they can't see each other, they can't communicate like they want to, so they're getting whatever little bits of information they can from each other. And the fact that what the show does brilliantly is it... Uh, it Gives you the other side's point of view, which yes. Star Trek didn't do. That was like the Klingons were the baddies, and instead of making the Klingons the, the Romulans the baddies, they really made them three dimensional, which was for the t like they don't they didn't do that on the original series that much. They they didn't, and I think what I really liked a lot, like the part that I had just seen when I got like I said about halfway through it, um, I had just seen the moment when they have gotten the visual for the first time on the Romulans, yeah. like, and everybody's like, because oh, it looks like Spock. Yeah. And, and, and the one guy in the brain. And the one guy, yes, and they so they it get the like, code, and, you know, they're working on decoding it, and he says under his breath like an asshole, he's like, just give it to Mr. Spock. And then Kirk is like, I'm sorry, what was that? And he's like, nothing, sir. He's like, no, repeat it. You know, and I was like, yeah, yeah. fucking hell yeah. Do you want to give it to Spock because he's so good at, at decoding things? That's what he said. So basically he's like, I said to give it to Mr. Spock, sir. And he's like, I'm assuming that you are congratulating Spock on his code-breaking prowess. You know what I mean? Like, right? And that's why he yeah. should get it. And the guy's like, I'm not sure, sir. And he's like, he's not, he does not brook any bullshit. He's like, leave your bigotry off the bridge. There is here's no the room for it here. here. <laughs> like, it was awesome. Here, here, it, it was awesome, but I'm also on that guy's side a little bit, because I'm also like, like I would be so I, you know, I always wish that that we could go back in time and like put a postmodern spin on on watching it, like we could quantum leap into the episode. So when he when Kirk's like, like do you, I I assume you mean to congratulate Spock on his code breaking? No, sir, no, they look like fucking Vulcans. You see, <laughs> you see, I have no indication that they're not actually Vulcans. And so it would kind of make sense that maybe he'd be able to decode what they say because, you know, they look like, I don't know, Vulcans. So, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I understand you would defend your friend and it's not his fault. I'm not being mean to him, but it kind of makes sense because they look like fucking Vulcans. Stop it. <laughs> so, Dude, fuck you. That ain't right. I would like to submit fuck you because it's the <laughs> message there is that, you know, Spock has been a valued member of that crew for how many years? Yeah, but, at the, that point? but the guy is not being bigoted. Yeah, I understand you. He you're, is though, because he he's, is, because no, he no. sees one look of these at these Romulans and and throws away the fact that Spock was the one who had said, "I got there. There's a, a transmission coming out. I might be able to piggyback on that and get us a look inside." Yeah, but right? you know what? At the, he's at, the one who did that. So if he's gonna give him a look at, at that it, point like, come the, the fuck it, on. At that point in the episode, the guy wasn't being. The guy was like maybe being a little chilly, and and maybe his looks were a little dickish. But it wasn't like going. Maybe Spock should get the fuck off the bridge right now, sir. No, he's just no, like. No, but it was the beginning of that. Like, why did he say it under sure. his breath, all shitty like? Like you and I both know what he meant by it, and fucking Kirk knew what he meant by it, and Kirk was having none of it. Like, and I loved that shit where he was just like, no. Like, and it no, wasn't even too. about, I think Kirk would have done that for anybody. I don't feel like that but was Kirk I, defending I, his friend. I feel like Kirk, that was Kirk 
being like, there is no room for your bullshit on this bridge. See, and and you I know? and I agree with you, but I did feel a little bit like the guy who could go, okay, look, maybe I'm being a little bit of a dick, but they do look like Vulcans. So my question, if Spot could, you know, see if they're speaking Vulcan, you know, like it's, I don't know. I just felt like it was a little bit of, of, of a, a, a logical question. You no know, that, way. It was not a logical question. It, you, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't stand to reason that a bunch of people who look like Vulcans might speak the same language as Spock. It wasn't, a, it was encoded. It wasn't like a different language. Oh, you see, I got the sense that maybe he spot. Okay, I see. I thought it was that that speaking Romulan verse. Okay, now that makes more sense. No, it was me. like she's. That's what Ahura said. She's like, it's it's encoded, and he's like, you know, okay, well, let's get working right. on that. You know. Well, then I take back everything does. I just said because I'm an idiot. So there we go. <laughs> and there I, we have it. Finally, he's admitted it. Yeah. I played a Romulan more than anybody. Let me make my first point. Shit. <laughs> I am vindicated. Proof positive that yeah. Justin is just an idiot. I love you. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so we see them again. We see them in the Enterprise in incident, but they really, um, they one, they didn't show them a lot because the ears cost money. I will say this: the helmets they made them wear, so they didn't have to put the ears. Oh on Oh my them. gosh, they're ridiculous. Um, yeah, and they then, look and very then, silly. They don't look scary at all. Yeah, but. I will say, like, the the guy, I guess he later becomes Spock's dad, yes? Yeah, Mark Leonard. He is so phenomenal. Yes, in both roles. Le yes, in both roles. Like, and when you see him in this, like, it's kind of, it's so interesting because here you have somebody you've, ne like, a race you've never even heard about, and they kind of give you a little insight into, like, their culture through this guy who kind of doesn't even really want to be Warren anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's kind of cool where here's this guy who's obviously celebrated. He's been picked for this mission, which is clearly, you know what I mean, one of stealth and importance. And sure. he's like, I don't, I just don't think we should be doing this anymore. You know? Like, which, what is it? And I love that he does it without softening the Romulans. Because, yeah, because the Romulans are warlike and they are into being kind of shitty, and he's and he's calling them out on it. He's like, "Boy, we Romulans are kind of shitty, mm -hmm. and I don't want to be shitty anymore." Um, and then we see the, them again in the Enterprise incident, and we see like they're sort of mentioned, but they kind of disappear. You don't hear much about them in the in the original series films. The Romulan counts. There's a Romulan in five, and there's a like a Romulan counselor guy in six. Um, but they uh, they make their grand return in the season one finale of the Next Generation. In Next Gen, they say we haven't seen the Romulans in forever. It's been like they've been kind of hiding, and then suddenly they come out at the end of season one. And the guy we get playing the Romulan is Gul Dukat himself, Mark Alemo, which I love. Is it? When he's it's been yeah, a while and, since I saw the season finale of one. I guess. Well, they, that that episode that remember that episode had um had like all the people from the 20th century like like boy now I assume these Romulans they're gonna be kind of not nice guys right we're they're not gonna be coming to the party are they Mr. Data can you make me a guitar oh yes yeah. okay and, yeah yeah and and then and then at the end Mark Alamo's just like like and the greatest like only he can deliver these lines we are back and you're like. <laughs> Booyah! You're gonna be the blandest characters on Next Gen, um, cause they were a little bit. 
Um, and I hate to say, it, I feel like the Romulans always had this potential that they were never given. Um, like they that they, they were never you never got a chance to see the Romulans be true and proper baddies. Um, there were a number of episodes. Really? There were a you number never of episodes. Got to see that because in Mel and Subterra they seem pretty badass to me. Yeah, but they weren't baddies. They were badass, but they weren't baddies because because they were you had the guy who didn't want war as sort of the other protagonist of the show. Yeah, and but then he they, was still doing his duty and it was clear yeah. that he was that that was like not that that was a dissenting opinion. Right? That that wasn't like he wouldn't say that to just anybody. You got the feeling that he said it to, you know, to Centurion because this was like an old yeah. relationship. They clearly were close and had been for many years. That this isn't something he would say to just anybody. Well, I um, think I think that 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 where the Romulans thrived, where they did well, and that why I enjoyed playing a Romulan and didn't. It, by the way, when I when the guy I the guy who was the captain finally left. Well, we interviewed him, Eric, when he finally mm -hmm. was no longer at Kings Dominion, and I was the most senior person there. Um, I didn't enjoy playing the captain as much as I enjoyed playing all the other characters because they I, are, are playing the same character as a, as a lower rank because the Romulans are never the point of the episode. Like, very rarely are they the point of the episode. Like, like you've got um, a, one or two uh, in Next Gen. I really like the one with Jordy, the enemy, where they're stuck on the planet and, uh, yes. and Jordy can't. You know, Jordy's going blind. The other guy can't move, and they learn to understand each other. That's fun, but that could have been a Klingon or a Cardassian, or but you know what I mean. That I mean, it could have, but I think it that by I think being a Romulan makes it more frightening. Because the thing is that Klingons, as much as they're you know frightening and warlike, and Klingons like yeah, we have an, more information about them. You know, because sure. we've got Worf, um, and I think that the Romulans were ripe for that because. They're not just bad guys. They're like bad guys that we have such a tentative peace with that it's like, y'all be over there, and we'll be over here, and in this place in the middle, neither one of us going to go. Cool? Cool. You know what I mean? So, like, it's always a really... It's always like they're about to be on the brink of war. Yeah. It's, yes. It's, like, it's well, always about to be a fucking shitstorm. Where the you know, Romulans worked it. really well for me was... Um, and, and this is kind of true of them throughout... They are always sort of the backdrop to the grander issue of the episode. Like there are Bajoran episodes that they're about the Bajorans, and there are Cardassian episodes that they're about the Cardassians. But the Romulan episodes, you know, the the episode where we learn the most about the Rom, and this is a true Romulan episode actually, is where Troy gets turned into a Romulan, face of the enemy. Okay. Um, and she wakes up, and they put the Romulan face on her, and they're like, look, you're an empath. You need to read everyone. Pretend you're one of the Tal Shiar and do this fucking mission for us. Yeah. Um, um, and that's one of the episodes we had to, when we did, when I played a Romulan, that we had to use to train. Because it's awesome, because you have a Romulan walking around with a human saying, here's how you behave like a Romulan. La, la, la. Right. So it's like um, a little, yeah, crash course in Romulanism. Um, sure, that's a word. And, and the other, and while I was thinking about the other um, one that 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 I really liked, remember the defector on Next Gen? Yes. The, the guy who came over, who um, who was basically like, like, I I want to, I feel like our two governments are about to go to war, and, and that is, and it's not the right call. And and, 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 I'm I, and as much as I am absolutely a patriot. 
Like I'm. I can't let war happen. It can't yep. happen. It can't happen. And then to find out that the whole the Romans were willing to push us every everybody to the brink of war, as a as a ruse, to fucking catch this guy, to see if he was. Yeah, like loyal what that says about them is so fucked up. Yeah, like that. There's that much suspicion. Um, yes, like I feel. I feel like that that episode definitely communicates. I would say, like, if you were to pick, like, a one-word descriptor for Romulans, like, suspicion or suspicious would be, like, the yeah. word. Like, it would be their, their identifier. Like, it beca- and a lot of it is because of that episode. Like, it really fucks with your head, you know, because they don't know if he's telling the truth. They're suspicious of him and his motives. He's trying to tell the truth, and, and they've got, like, half-truths and all this, like, all this fucking mire, and then he realizes by the end that it was all just... He was even being... You know what I mean? Like, it was him who was being a part of this ruse, like, yeah. unbeknownst to him, so that he could be captured as, a, you know, being against the government or whatever. Like, it was just... That shit is just crazy. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, the like suspicion and suspicion upon suspicion and then, like, the yeah. layers of untruths and myth-truths and the whole... They're just so crafty and cagey. Like, well, for those, that's some scary shit, you know? For those listeners who, who you know, haven't tuned out already because we're talking about the Romulans, there's at least one person out there who's listening because they like the show, but they don't know who the Romulans are. The Romulans... Uh, <laughs> Uh, essentially, the history of Vulcan goes as such. Vulcan uh, was a very warlike uh, race. They were they were, uh, everything that makes us passionate and and illogical is what ruled their lives until one day the philosopher Sorak, I think, um, decided that uh, that they were going to follow logic. Well, there was this offshoot of the Vulcans who was like, "Fuck that! We like our emotions," and so they took off and they settled on Romulus. Um, and as the two species uh, diverted, the Romulans are very logical, and that's something that, about them that's true. They are lo- There's a lot about them that is very Vulcan. Um, but it is what would what would happen to a Vulcan if a he were allowed to keep his emotions, and b he was suspicious of everyone around him because they do have a very, you know, there's there's logic, and then there's that person who who overthinks. It's almost OCD. Yeah. And overthinks the issue, but their but their train of thought is a logical train of thought. Yes, but it's that they will carry that train of thought and find meaning in stuff that maybe doesn't have meaning. Yeah. Like so if you think about how like if everybody's like that though, right? Yeah. <laughs> like eventually that would become true. Right? Now, you know now what I mean? Like then anything that you do or say would have meaning and and we would all be looking for that that inner meaning and what that really says or means. The biggest Romulan episode that we got, of course, was Unification Part 1 and 2, uh, where Spock, of all people, um, has gone to Romulus to try and bring Romulus and Vulcan together. And so, of course, Picard has to go and and convince him that he shouldn't be doing that behind the Federation's back. And, yeah. and that it's, like, dangerous and stuff, dude. Um, and when I say that the Romulans play a second fiddle to whatever the story is, again, when we when you hear about unification, do you immediately go, ah, big Romulan episode, or do you go, no, that's the episode where Spock meets Picard? Like that, what the episode is about, the selling point of the episode is not here's a big Romulan episode. It's definitely. I mean, I guess, but honestly, when you brought up the episode, I was thinking of, oh right, the one where they were like they were trying to get the the Romulans to like 
unify with the Vulcans and like there was a whole group of them. Like I I thought about yeah. the Romulans. I didn't. I mean, I knew Spock was a part of it, but that wasn't the forefront like forefront well, of my mind. You immediately know I mean? preceding that episode, or like ten episodes before that one, was the Klingon Civil War, and I love the Romulans in that role, where they're just in the background. Um, and and I remember, and I've I've talked about this before on on the show about how the episode that got me into Next Gen was I mean I had watched it and then I'd given up and then I got back into it and then I I didn't watch it as much and then I played the gig and then I was stuck in Star Trek forever but but the episode that got me was right after ninth grade I'd come home I had just met the woman who was eventually going to become my wife um, and uh, I didn't my my parents weren't expecting me back so soon I didn't want to tell them that I'd come back so soon so I stayed with my friend Sam who played me the final episode of the Klingon Civil War which it's all <laughs> Klingon, 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 and all of a sudden at the end, uh, fucking Tashi Yar comes out in a Romulan outfit, and and she's been manipulating the thing the whole fucking time. Um, and I love that that sort of place for the Romulans, where they're in the background, always sort of lurking, machinating and shit. Like, yeah, they're manipulating not, the other yeah. people. Exactly. Like and then, and then, like, you know, the puppet masters and like just making shit happen and nobody even knows it's them. Well, I mean, they, they fucking kidnap Jordy LaForge and try to program him to kill Klingons. They don't want to be the, they don't want to get their hands dirty. They yep. want to be they want to force everybody else to fight it out, and that they will. And just be the last one standing. Um, <laughs> the the irony of all of this is what their eventual place in the next generation era, um. Star Trek is is on D Space Nine, they are the ones who are manipulated into joining a war where they take the majority of the casualties so that the Federation ends up being okay at the end. Um, and specifically it's uh and it's a great uh episode and I wish I could re remember the name of No 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 I'm sorry. Um it's like Intersecum Igalega. There's one of those where you <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 yeah. Latin, um, uh -huh. and that's that's the section thirty-one episode where Bashir has to go like diagnose whether or not somebody has like he's on Romulus and like somebody ends up getting turned in and but I'm talking about I I think it is in the pale moonlight on DS9, which a lot of people say is the best episode of DS9, um, where where Cisco um, and Garrick manipulate the uh, the Romulans into the Feder into the uh, Dominion Civil War, um, and where Cisco takes moral step by moral step, like like sinking lower and lower and lower. And it has my favorite Romulan line ever, where the Romulan guy discovers that the holodeck thing he's watching isn't real, and he looks right into the camera and goes, "It's a fake." <laughs> 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 and and I've seen people that just have that as an animated GIF. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's pretty brilliant. Um, but I love that they are like like their own suspicion works against them. You can manipulate the Romulans by manipulating their suspicion. Yeah, like and, that's your that's the way in. Um, the the only I mean they get a couple of shoutouts on Voyager. I think it's interesting that the first two times we contact the Alpha Quadrant on Voyager, one, they get a communication onto a Romulan ship 20 years in the past, and then two, uh, the Doctor goes back and meets Andy Dick, and of course, who's invaded? The Romulans. <laughs> um, 
And that's kind of all you get of them on Voyager. There's um, a three-parter in the fourth season of Enterprise where you have the beginning of what would be the, the Romulan Civil War or the Romulan War with the Federation. But do you think uh, that if Enterprise had continued that that should have been where it went, that like you should have had a season of the Romulan War that was referred to? I think to that in... would have been damned interesting, you know, because they do they refer to it. I mean, I guess the problem thus far... I'm trying to think of how they would do it without fucking it up because, like, they state rather specifically in Balance of Terror when he's, like, you know, sort of telling the crew what's up that we don't have, we don't know what they look like, we don't, they don't know what we look like, we have these basis of opinions from, like, memories and, like, back in the day, you know, like, it's, and that's, it's such a foreign concept to where they are now, right? Where, like, inf they've got so much information. We've got, you know, data banks full of information, and we've got, you know, the computer and the ship, and we've got ship-to-ship -ship communications and subspace and all this stuff. And, like, we didn't have that then to the extent that we do now, so, like, we don't even really know anything about them anymore, except well, that, we've had, that we have this agreement. So, like, I think it would be difficult that what would be the challenge there would be showing that war but maintaining that that's the reality once we get to well i to think you, i think one of the things they did wrong on that enterprise three parter they i mean the romulans certainly were menacing there but they got that big hulking guy from the x files that yeah they got yeah. they got token bad guy and, and he's you know really not Romulan material. You I know do. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. He's he's token bad guy. Yeah, like, that's he's... who he is. He's bad guy in everything. He's bad guy in Buffy. Probably an episode yep. of Angel. Yep. Like any time. Like there's an episode of something with in a bad 90s. guy. In the 90s. In the, he's bad guy. Yeah. Like that's who he was. Well, like, I think I think that he and it's not so much that he did he gave a bad performance. He did what no, he did. No, he's just and he not. I just don't well. think he's. I don't think he's fitting for the Romulan role. Like, I, think I think that if you had had a Romulan war, a season of a Romulan war, what you would have, could have done is just like Balance the Terror is because they did it with the Zindi. They showed you the Zindi talking, so you show the other side and you show Archer and crew, and and it can be sort of this tragedy, this this tragic thing that's happening that neither side. One, they did on Hunt for Red October too. You you don't neither side is bad, uh, neither side trusts each other. And the difficult thing in watching it is watching how they keep damaging each other, um, because they they neither one wants to trust or to talk. Yeah. Um, and I think you could have done that and really gotten into. I think it would have been a wonderful twist to have a season of a show where you get to know this other crew. I think it would have been cool as shit. I think it would have been really neat actually to to show something that we, you know, here referenced that was clearly a big deal historically, you know, for the Federation. Well, and given and given where we were, you know, if if the Zindi attack was 9-11, right? I mean, that's clearly, that's what the Zindi, Zindi attack was. 9-11, right. let's go get them. So, um, what they did so well, because clearly it's supposed to be the Cold War in in the original in, Star Trek. In the original series, yeah. And one of the things they said is, is Spock says... Earth considers them aggressive. We can only imagine what they think of Yes, Earth. exactly. It was like, and only the Romulans know what they think of Earth. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. He, does, he didn't say that they're aggressive. He said that's the perception. So, yes. So given that the Zindi attack was supposed to be 9-11, I feel like the, the, the Romulan War could have been 
the next thing that Star Trek does, which is Star Trek makes you take an uncomfortable look at what you're comfortable with. Um, yep. And they could have had it being that the Romulans really were seen as these horrible, horrible, evil, awful people from the point of view of the Federation. But then you cut to them. So you as the audience that see that they're not quite that. I mean, and, I feel like they did that a couple of times on the... on. I mean, that was the whole Gorn episode was about. Sure. Know? But in, I think that... I think we... Series. I feel like, like they, we were... Sorry, we're having guys. We're having internet lag where we both <laughs> yeah, try they, and talk. We're like, I don't know if I should stop now. Fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah, where I feel like they explored that a little bit. The idea of actually taking a moment to go, well, what might what might it be like for them? Like, what might be their perspective on this situation? Well, and I think and that Star I think that you would have the ability to further explore that. Yeah, if you had done actually showed the war. Well, and Star Trek's role has always been to take something that you're comfortable with and maybe not give you the answer, but give you, you know, at least... something to talk about. Yeah, and I think that we were in a place, because uh, we were at that point three years, you know, it would have been 2005 if we got a fifth season, so we'd be we'd be four years uh, post 9-11. And I think it would have been a good time to say, okay, you know what? Maybe we do have to defend ourselves. Maybe, like, it was, let's go against the Zindi because that's how we feel. But now... What about this continuing war that we have? What if that's the Romulans? And what if what if we are so quick to demonize the other side? What if we went, let our characters demonize the other side, but then we at the same time show you the other side and then let you make your own decisions? Um, yeah. I think it could have been really... I think it could have been really interesting and, and, a, and a very cool way to go, and I'm kind of sad we never got to see it. I am but, too, because I think it would have been awesome. To but, see. We, but I mean, I guess if, if through the lens of Archer, I don't know if Archer would have been so quick to um, to demonize them and to fight against them without a lot of provocation. So I almost feel like if you were going to do it, what you would need to do is start with being just from the perspective of you know us, like the, the Enterprise and humans, and then take some time and maybe like halfway through the season or like you know at least a few episodes in you start sprinkling in the, seeing the other side and or then maybe what flashbacks you, do, you just just like they did with the uh, the mirror universe you just have a two part episode that's just from the other side yes um you just meet the people on the other ship and you see their perspective of everything that's said. Like that episode of Lost in the second season where they went to the other the other side of the island and they showed you their perspective on everything else that happened on the island? Yes. I love and be, I love shit like that. I think That would have been really cool. That turns your understanding on its ear. I think that would have been really cool. But we, we didn't get that. But we did get to my like as a guy who was a Romulan, as a guy who played the Romulan more on Earth than ever in the blah blah blah. Um, I thought, I thought that it was cool that when we finally got Nemesis, we got a Romulan movie. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Like, they were finally the baddies, but they weren't. They were the goodies, and it was a clone of Picard and Remans, and had a lot of Romulans in it, but, <laughs> you know, and had a lot of, like, the Romulan, like, political stuff in it, but I, I did sort of feel... A little bit like again, I was robbed of my Romulan movie that I wanted to have, because um, I thought it would have been cool to like finally the Romulans come out and fucking force and they're they do something fucking interesting and instead they did Nemesis. Um, 
<laughs> and then, and, and then they did Nemesis. And then I was so Nemesis excited wasn't when that bad. And when but no, I, I it wasn't that movie either. I get. Um. Well, and the same thing when Star Trek 09 came out, I was like, yeah. I know. I was gonna that... say, what about so what about the reboot? <laughs> I was so angry at that because in no situation does my Romulan survive. My Romulus survive. Either my Romulus is wiped out with the entire prime timeline, which you know that's what I think happened. You and that uh, fucking bullshit, dude. Uh, or the prime timeline still exists, where a giant explosion destroyed Romulus. There's no way to win here. Yeah, in either scenario, there is no fucking Romulus. There is no Romulus as I knew it. It's gone. Um, I thought that was bullshit, by the way, in Star Trek 09. The whole idea of... of there was an explosion that was going to wipe out the galaxy and all of Romulus was destroyed in it. Um, I will say this, that, uh, that J.J. rose the stakes so high. And, and you know I like stakes, and you know I like consequences. But when the stakes are that high all the time, when it's just like, yes, this planet blew up, la, 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 and this other planet blew up, la, 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 the stakes are raised so high where you're kind of going billions of people, and it's not really that important. Yeah, genocide is just a thing. It's yeah, exactly. Like I was, it's like I was saying, like I just I I, which is why I get so concerned with you and your fucking stakes and your your consequences because I feel like that the 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 problem is that, you know, that you when and that's how I felt when I was watching all of like the last season of fucking Angel and even before and it was that same thing where it was just like. Everything was so bad all the time. How many apocalypses were on that show? Like, I just, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, like, let's relax because, I mean, at least he, like, at least Joss will poke fun every once in a while and be like, oh, another one of those. We've only stopped four at this point. You know what I mean? Like, they would actually kind of make a joke about it. But, like, at the same time, like, what does it say when that's the norm? Like, we should, we should ha tell better stories. Right, because I think if you're invested in the characters enough, you don't. Not everything has to be planets exploding and war is happening. People are dying for you to be interested. Well, and right? that's I. I like, think my problem was that um, it was relatively consequence-free, except to Spock and to us. I think that the reason that it resonated so much with me is the stakes were high because of what it was what it was doing to my star trek the victim in 09 that made me emotionally involved was my star trek the prime timeline the romulus that i knew the inability to go back to what we had had before the destruction of vulcan it was all just sort of like my star trek was getting injured and that was enough of a character for me to be emotionally invested whereas if you were not looking at it from that point of view it's almost consequence free i mean by the end Spock is sort of, you know, he's all right with it, you know, and he's meeting with, with he's meeting with other Spock. He's meeting with himself, yeah. and then they're like, and, and, I guess and we'll by move the way, on, and I'll go be with the Vulcans, and you can stay in Starfleet. It's cool. And, and by the way, no one except Spock is really bothered by what happened. That's the other thing that really, like, all the Vulcans are like, shit, our planet blew up. Kirk's still like, see, we are starting to work together. Like what? <laughs> I never like, thought you... about it like that before, but I guess it's your point. Like yeah. we're talking about an entire civilization. All right, look, think destroyed. about someone. All right, think about someone you love. Think right now. Let's say your mom. All right. Mm -hmm. Let's say your mom dies in front of you by falling off a cliff 
during the cataclysmic thing that destroyed the place you lived and everyone that you ever knew that lived in it. And now imagine that six hours afterward, I was slapping you on the arm and going, see, we are beginning to work together. <laughs> You'd be like, you asshole. <laughs> sir, logic dictates that you're kind of a douche. <laughs> yeah, that would be like, sir, logic dictates that you should suck my dick. <laughs> yeah, my dictate. <laughs> right here. I would like to submit, Captain, suck my Vulcan penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah, I never thought about it like that, but that's a that's that's a good point that you bring up. Like and that's sort of my I guess that's what I'm saying. Like I I do feel like when shit is fucked up and like they have to see the bigger picture and like I expect them to be able to rise to the occasion, sure. But I do feel like we don't treat stuff like that anymore with enough gravity. That's what I'm saying. Like I feel like yeah. you and your stakes and your consequences and loving them so much and then like other people are like with you in there's that a little difference. bandwagon. No, there's, there's, that, a like, that there's people a difference, there's... but we've raised it across the board in entertainment to the point where it doesn't matter anymore. Like the stuff that we have you to know do to get an... you, what you have now is you have stakes without consequences. And that's, well, that's not true. Is. The difference is, is that we've we have done the stakes so high at this point that we have we keep raising it to the point where it's not that it no longer has consequence. Like there are consequences, but we're glossing over the consequences because at this point, that's what we need just to get a fucking reaction. That's what I'm saying. Like that's sort of a trend well, I've noticed in like television. Like when you look, like when I watched television back in the day, and I know you're not a big fan of the whole episodic, like yeah, I'm, nothing I'm really not changes. Really. But like, I, which I'm surprised what you don't like. Classic Doctor Who, because that's not true of classic Doctor Who, um, but because it's telling more of a story over a range of the episodes, it's still one story. It's not episodic in that way. Um, but regardless, I would watch those shows because I wanted to, right? Like I wanted to see what happened next. Not it was you interesting had to. to see to be a part of their lives. Not that I had to, and not that, not that. Things have to get so ridiculous so fast for people to stay interested. Well, I uh, like I don't know if you notice like most shows these days like don't get past you know one or two seasons while still being good in my opinion because they just get so far off the fucking rails. Like this is my problem with Wolverine. Like I don't know why you like that movie. I'm so surprised when you were like Wolverine was great. Like what? Like it is so far off the fucking rails by the end of that movie. Silver Surfer is a big fucking hulking machine robot oh, with I, I, a sword I that had a problem up with that. I had fucking, a problem just, with that, but I... And the fucking ninjas on like the motorcycles that. in the snow. I mean, I'm just... It was so... Like, it just that's what I'm talking about. The levels, man. It's like that, that in Hollywood and in production companies, like, they, they believe... And this was the problem I felt like even in Ender's Game at times. Like, they were so focused Spectacle. on Spectacle. the action... And the shit that's happening, the spectacle, exactly, that it's like they fail to realize that they, they don't have any faith in the human story and the aspect of the, of, of the philosophical discussions okay, and but the I, shit I that matters. Because like, at the end of the I day... I Wolverine. Why does all that spectacle well, matter, man? Because people man? like to see like, it, though. I mean, that's the thing. We're... No, it's not enough, man. Like, the spectacle is not enough, and because we, we yeah, but put it's so always much focus way, on it, it's, then it's, they it's... think that all we care about is the spectacle, and then we don't we don't ever fucking say anything. Like, it's not enough anymore. But I'm not, gravity like, did. There was a gravity time did. when... I, Didn't it? I 
I know, and I'm, that's why I wish we, we had do. more movies no, they're, like they're that. Out that's what there. I'm saying. Like, in more the, stories like that. Like, they're just, they're not they the norm no, no, anymore. They are, because they are, nobody... they are. The, the thing is, is that, unfortunately, our genre has been invaded by that. And I and it's it's a result I think of Independence Day. I think that since Independence Day, you can't have a big thing without everything going to shit at the end. I, I don't and know I, if I, I agree with that. Here's the, I here's the thing. I didn't hear me out. Here we go. I let you talk. I let you talk. Let All me right. talk. Fine, fine. But look, a movie that I saw with none of this, Silver Linings Playbook. I haven't seen that yet. It's really good, and there are no explosions. There are tons of movies with no explosions and no. Catastrophe. I wouldn't say there are tons of movies. There are tons. No, there are tons. But not you and I tend to see genre films. We tend to see action, sci-fi, fantasy. Here's the thing: sci-fi and fantasy doesn't have to be about that. That's what I'm saying. Like you're saying. That you I agree. Since, I agree. You're saying I'm, since Independence Day. I I'm think saying, that's too early. I don't think I that's don't, true. I think we still saw movies that were science fiction that weren't just about spectacle. Where I've there's noticed still, it there, there's still is, lots that are not about spectacle. I can name you ten in the last ten, five years. In the last ten, ten years, I can name you ten. Yeah, sure. Last ten, I'll name you ten. Ready? Go. Um, Gravity. Moon. Um, I've seen that, but it's my cue. It's awesome. Um. That uh, fucking one with George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez. Um, the fuck, I can't remember the name of it. Um, it was a, it was kind of a sleeper hit. Um, la la la. I, uh, I would say to a certain extent, um, the Fellowship of the Ring, before it goes all crazy in in two and three. I don't say that's the case, but I'd say Fellowship is is manages to do it and and remain relatively small. Um, I would say, do you think, yeah, I guess Serenity collapses a little bit under its own weight and becomes swashbuckling, so I won't count Serenity. Um, you know, the first Thor doesn't really do that, honestly. For a superhero, and, and, and in terms of superhero movie, um, uh, in, in terms of superhero movie, I would say that uh, Daredevil remained relatively small. Um, oh, Daredevil did, but nobody liked Daredevil. Remember? Nobody liked. Yeah, nobody liked Daredevil. I I think, and it did get a little silly. Um, but it just it reinforces that, right? When something that doesn't do it doesn't do well, then contact, it reinforces their. Behavior. Um, uh, I mean, they're out there. You can see them, but they're there's, generally. But there's so few of them. Like, it's just uh, like they're you, not the ones you that are legitimately are saying to me that you believe that it hasn't. That it hasn't become like a problem, and I feel like it's become a problem. I'm not since, saying that. I didn't. Si I didn't say okay. that. I don't but, think it's. I think it's been since the superhero movies, right? Like when they first started coming out, right? Like back when, like say, the first X-Men film came out. Part of X-Men. X-Men. The first X-Men film. It's a great. It's all personal stakes in that film. It's a good film, but I'm saying and like the that first. As well. What I'm saying is, is in that once when things started to be. Like, hey, we can do comic book movies, we can do these superhero movies, and we can do them well, because we can show the special effects and that kind of stuff. I feel like very quickly it started shifting to being all about that. Like, because there was a time when that's all I cared, like, I, honestly, where I was just like, huh, look, it's Wolverine, he's got his claws out. Yeah, but you know, storm is calling down lightning. Like where, like it was enough to be like, that's so fucking cool, dude. Did you see what they did? But like at this okay, point, okay. But look, look, look at the. I'll give you a great example. You you want to know movie movies that don't do that? I will I will step on a limb to say most 
of the Avengers. The Avengers spends an Most hour and a half. Of the Avengers. An hour and a half before it destroys New York, which okay, um, uh-huh. but spends an hour and a half on character stuff. Same thing for most of Captain America, and I would say Spider-Man one and two. Also, the thing that brought us coming back that made my wife such a huge fan of that, those movies was that a lot of it was the romance. I would say X-Men one and X-Men two, not X three, no. not 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 the first Wolverine movie, X-Men oh, First Class. First X-Men Class. First, was- um. So I think I think. But that, think that, about what by the end of it, like by the end of it, for all of them though, even even X Men First Class, by the end of it, it was about stopping a war, well, like the, World War. Because they are superhero movies. <sighs> That's what they are, though. I mean, it, but there used to be where it was like, okay, so a perfect when? example is X Men, right? Like, because I just started, like I said, I just, I mean, I don't know if I, if you saw my Facebook, but I just finished watching Wolverine and the X Men, um, and. That's the the end game, right? Right, like the idea of X Men, like the sort of the quintessential idea of X Men is this brewing war between humans and sure. mutants, right? Yes. So that's yes. fine, which is total because I totally understand that. That makes complete sense. But like within that, we have moments and 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 pieces and and villains that are trying to further their goals, but it's not necessarily each moment or each time hinges. On stopping that war from happening. All right, but you know you're talking mean? about you're talking about feature films, and that's the difference. Is that in feature films, the stakes have to be have to be raised to a point where they don't always have to be raised in series television. But they but are say, in series television. So I'm saying, like, that's by, by season three of almost any series that I like to watch because you're right, I like to watch sci-fi, fantasy, you know, yeah. vampires, that kind of stuff. Like the the ridiculousity that it reaches. By that point, like it's like they assume that I'm no longer okay with the good guys fighting the good fight on a day-to-day basis. It has to be big cataclysmic, world-ending, crazy shit. Where I'm just like, I don't even know where I am anymore. This is ridiculous. Like, what's going on? Like, you know, and you don't need it. Like, and I just, like I said, just watched the whole. I don't know if it's the whole series or if that series is still on. I don't. I guess I don't know about Wolverine and the X Men, but there are a lot of episodes in that, and they aren't. All about the end. Like there's but a neither, lot of stories. Neither that was all of Buffy. And neither end. was all of Angel. There were. But there Buffy, were... Buffy was better, fared better than Angel. Buffy we managed disagree. to not be ridiculous until like say see like the last two seasons. The ridiculousity really, really, cra- it, like really ratcheted up. Because there were apocalypses at the end of season two and three and four and five. Apocalypse. We've all been there. The same old tricks, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's it's, you know. But it's not uh, every episode. Like, well, this, just, it got really ridiculous by the by the end of the like by like season six, and it was ridiculous or five or whatever the end of that series was. But like in Angel by seri- by season three, things were pretty ridiculous. I mean, I I I don't agree. So, there. Now, you right just now, have a weird strange. Well, and right now Hard I'm watching. For Angel. And right now I'm watching Fringe. Uh, have you oh, seen I haven't Fringe? watched this show. No, I've, I've. It's one of the ones that I think I will watch at some point. I, I, I would love to talk to you then about it at that point. But for now, um, we're way off the Romulan topic. <laughs> so Romulans, See, much like us, we just went completely off the rails. <laughs> yes, yes, and, and we got end, and we had to end with the apocalypse and the end of the world, which is how we did. <laughs> See, there's no escaping. We've been poisoned. It's, it's poison, poison. Right. So my name is Justin. 
Trek off. Trek off, bitches. You are listening to the Geeks Radio Internet Radio Network at geeksradio.com, home of Trek Off, the Not Safe for Work Star Trek podcast, Pop Off, where we geek out on comics, movies, and TV shows that are the superstars of geek culture, Podcast Who, the Doctor Who podcast with Phil Stamper, Ninjas vs. You, the official podcast of the Ninjas vs. Trilogy, and Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood, two regular guys trying to make it in Tinseltown. All of this is available for you for free by going to Geeks Radio. Radio.com or searching Geeks Radio on iTunes. Geeks Radio is a presentation of Endlight Entertainment.